Good morning, everyone. Welcome again to worship. It's great to be with you all once again to be in God's house on a Sunday day so far uh, to worship him and to receive from him his wonderful and excellent gifts of word and sacrament that are such treasures to us, treasures that our gracious Lord, uh, great, that our gracious Lord so wondrously gives to us. Uh, from where you are, please stand up and wave to everybody who is around you or not around you. Say hi today. Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Scott George, your announcer for the seventh Sunday after Easter. Uh, the Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist Mrs. Susan, Sen- Mrs. Susan Senegar. I'm sorry. Today's order of service is at Trinity1874.com. Radio broadcast today is sponsored by Curtis and Ralph I have just Shallot one pre-service announcement, and that is, is that the last the hymn is, going, is not correct. The hymn that we're going to sing instead is God Bless America because it's Memorial Day weekend. Um, I'm going to assume that everybody in this room knows the words to that song. Uh, but if you don't, there are uh, words and lyrics that have been provided for you that are in the back table uh, in the narthex there. And so why don't we begin our worship today? with a word of of prayer, and then we will sing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, and we thank you that for this Lord's Day that you have called us once again to be here, not by accident, not by chance, not by anything else, but only by your gospel, the same gospel, the precious blood of Jesus that we are saved with and saved by, um, not with gold or silver, but with that holy and precious blood. Now, Lord, we ask that as we worship you, that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship. And truly, Lord, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand. We make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? I skipped a part. I'm sorry. 
Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise, and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of this altar, let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ, and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing our opening hymn, How Firm a Foundation, number 728, verses 1 through 3. I will sing of steadfast love and justice. To you, O Lord, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, 
as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I will sing of steadfast love and justice. To you, O Lord. Lord be with you. Let us pray together. O King of glory, Lord of hosts, uplifted in triumph far above all heavens, leave us not without consolation, but send us the Spirit of truth whom you have promised from the Father, for you live and reign with him and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Our first reading for this morning is taken from Acts chapter 1. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among them, the company of persons was in all about 120, and said, Brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas 
who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man bought a field with the, with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all of his bowels gushed out, and became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language a keldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, may his camp become desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them. And the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. This is the word of our Lord. Christ has risen from the dead. He has given him dominion over the works of his hands. Special music today is Great Jehovah by Catherine and Madison James, accompanied by Carol McIntyre.
The second reading is taken from 1 Peter chapter 5. This is also the text for the sermon this morning as well. Peter writes, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Silvanus, a faithful brother as I regard him, I have written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She who is at Babylon, who is likewise chosen, sends you greetings. So does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. This is the word of our Lord. Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given them, that you have given me, is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, 
and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those, who, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine. And I am glorified in them, and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. We sing our next hymn, Fight the Good Fight. It's number 664. pray with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As I mentioned just a moment ago, the text for this morning's meditation is the epistle lesson from 1 Peter that was just read. Please have that in front of you. We will be going through it as we go along here this morning. I want to begin by telling you all about this book that I just finished. Actually, it was a series of books that I just completed, and the entire series was well over 2,000 pages long. It was a really, really, really long series, but the story was really, really good. For me, it was one of those books that you just couldn't put 
down. I like those kinds of books. I once heard somebody say that life is too short to read bad books, so I don't. Um, if it's not a good book and if I don't like it, I just don't read it. But if it is, I enjoy it and I love it, just like this book that I just completed. And for 1,800 pages of this series that I had read, the good guy was inevitably going to battle the bad guy. It was going to happen. It had to happen because if it didn't happen, the world was not going to be saved and, well, you know how those things kind of go. But the problem was was that the good guy was this young teenage boy who just didn't quite measure up to the bad guy. For 1,800 pages, the young man is just, he's not strong enough. He doesn't know enough. He doesn't have a good enough sword. He doesn't have good enough skills or knowledge or anything because the bad guy is much, much older than he is and is much more knowledgeable, is much stronger, is a better fighter, and so on and so on and so forth. And then so for over 1,800 pages, you're thinking, or at least I was, there's no way that this guy is going to be able to beat the bad guy without some kind of help, without something happening, you know, something like that. And the author did a really good job of sort of painting me in a corner, like, well, there's, this is just not going to happen. This is just not going to work in the way that you hope that it does. It certainly seemed like the good guy didn't stand a chance. In many ways, after reading that book, one of the things that I thought about was that that's just kind of how life seems to be too. That it seems like the bad guy, Satan, is much stronger, is wiser, is better at what he does than what we do. Sometimes we might even be so bold as to think, well, he's, he's perhaps might even be much better than what God is better at. And so the Christian life can seem like the bad guy, Satan, is stronger, is more powerful. It can certainly seem like Satan wins more than he loses. And certainly that we lose more than we win. Verse 8 of our text from 1 Peter is well known. That the devil, your adversary, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And isn't that the case? Every day you and I are attacked by him. This is what Luther says in the large catechism with regards to this verse. Verse 8, he says that the devil tries every trick and does not stop until he finally wears us out. So that we either renounce our faith or throw up our hands and put up our feet, becoming indifferent or impatient. Have you ever had days like that? Have you ever had seasons like that? I certainly have. The entire armies of hell are sent towards you. Every single demon, every single plot or ploy that Satan has at his disposal because you are a baptized child of God is sent towards you every day. Every day. I was listening to a different book last night and the beginning of the book talked about uh, was this scene where there were these two demons that were talking to one another. 
And they were going back and forth on which had caused more destruction. The one had said, well, I, I put certain temptations into this one guy, so in ten years, you know what? He's, gonna be, he's just going to be completely and utterly destroyed. And then the second demon sort of one-ups him and says, well, I put these temptations into my guy, and in one year he's going to be completely and utterly destroyed. Now, I have no idea if demons actually have conversations like that, but to me, when I, when I heard that, it certainly seemed like it was plausible. That they have conversations like that. Who can do it better? Who can cause the most who, who can cause the most destruction better? As the baptized, as a baptized child of God, you are constantly under attack from Satan. You are, your family is, your kids are, your co-workers are, your parents are, whoever it happens to be, you are constantly under attack from Satan. Because he does. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And there are Days, you and I both know there are days, perhaps even seasons, months, years even, where it seems like Satan is winning more than we are, that we are losing more than Satan is. And it can certainly lead us to despair, to doubt, to fear, to wonder, and to be impatient with God. You do not have to raise your hand, but mentally in your mind, how many of you have had a come to Jesus meeting with Jesus? Because you're sick of it. You're fed up. I'm sick and tired of fighting with my spouse. I'm sick and tired of my kids not listening to me. I'm sick and tired of not having a job. I'm sick and tired of this sin that just keeps nagging at me. It won't ever go away. When is it going to get better? When is it going to stop? And so sometimes, yeah, we do sort of have come-to-Jesus meetings with Jesus. And so we need something. We need something to hang on to. We need a lifeline. Like that show a while back, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And whenever they didn't know what to do, they had these lifelines and they could call a friend or whatever. We need something to hang on to, something to take hold of. So Peter writes, beginning in verse 7, cast all of your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. He writes a few verses later in verse 9, resist him, resist Satan, standing firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brothers. And then finally in verse 10, and after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And so let's review those lifelines again. Many of you have heard of that verse from 1 Peter before, cast all of your anxieties upon him. I once did a, a, a sermon on this, on this particular verse, and I literally brought a fishing pole, and I had attached to it a rubber fish, and I was casting it out into the people. I haven't done that yet, but maybe one day. And as I was casting it out, I asked them mentally in their mind, what, are you, what anxiety are you casting upon God? 
could be anything. Because we all have them. It doesn't matter how young that we are or how old that we are. We all have them. And then what I finally did after I, I kind of casted it out enough times is I took the fish and the pole and I casted it up towards the altar and I cut the line. Why would I do that? Well, because once you cast your anxieties upon God, you can be assured that they're taken care of. We have talked in sermons before about how God fights for you. Not only does God fight for you, but you can rest assured that he fights the battle even when you don't feel like it. Even when you're tired, especially when you are tired. You have nothing to worry about because tomorrow you are still a child of God. Think about that. I'm going to say that one more time. No matter what your anxiety is, I'm preaching to myself this morning. No matter what your anxiety is, tomorrow you have nothing to fear because you are a child of God, because you are a child of the Heavenly Father. The second thing, the second lifeline, resist him. As we said, you do not fight your anxieties or your battles alone. The Holy Spirit has many names. Among them, he, call, he is called the Great Helper, the Great Counselor. And so he comes alongside you and fights the battle with you. And like I said, when we have just thrown up our hands and are so impatient with God, then he begins to fight the battle for you. Number three, know that you are not alone. This is really, really helpful. I find this really helpful as a parent. When I talk to other parents about how crazy that my kids are and how much they drive me nuts, do you know what I find out? Everybody's kids drive them nuts. Everybody's does. It doesn't matter how old that they are, everybody's kids drive them nuts. So on a a, a much smaller scale, that's really helpful to me. It's helpful for me to know that I'm not alone. Trust me, on that note, if your kids are driving you nuts, you're not alone. Trust me. If you are going through difficulties at work, trust me, you are not alone. If you are going through spousal problems, trust me, you are not alone. If you are going through uncertainties, if you are going through the deaths of loved ones, if you are going through mourning or crying or pain, rest assured you are not alone. As Peter rightly says, your brothers and sisters in Christ go through them with you. And they are here for you. To pray for you. To encourage you. And if needed, I sometimes have, and if needed, shoot, to drag you along through the anxiety or the worry or the season of despair that you are going through. That's what we are here for. And the last lifeline that Peter gives, and the most important one, the promise of the resurrection. If you go back to verse 10, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore you, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. The promise of the resurrection, our hope of all hopes. I've used this 
story before, but I'm going to use it again. I once talked to somebody who didn't believe in God, and I asked them, just not just our God, any God, and I asked them, so what do you think happens to you when you die? And they said, nothing. Nothing happens. And I'm like, nothing? So you're telling me that everything that I have gone through in my life, all of the pains and the joy and, and, and the trials and the sufferings and the anxieties and the worries and everything that, that I have suffered through in my life just basically will amount to nothing? That's it? Do me a favor and think about that for yourself. Consider all of the anxieties and the sufferings and so often how the armies of hell have been after you. And it was all for nothing? The Apostle Paul says it so incredibly well. If we have hope in Christ only for this life, then really our faith is meaningless, it is worthless, it is futile, there is absolutely no point to it. This life is not worth living if there is no resurrection. Lent is not worth going through if there is no Easter. Coming to church on Sunday, the Lord's Day, the day that He rose, is not worth it if there is no resurrection, if there is no Easter. But there is. And that is our hope. That is the hope that brings us through. And how about one more? You are guaranteed, Jesus says, you are guaranteed to win the fight because of the risen Christ. Because it is in his hands. What, again, he says he himself, God himself, will restore you, will confirm, strengthen, and establish you. It's not going to come from anybody else but the Lord of creation. The Lord of creation himself will confirm you and establish you and restore you and strengthen you. How many of my confirmation kids are in here? One, two. Okay. We talked about this, right? To be baptized into the name of God is to be baptized by God himself. He himself will will restore you and strengthen you and uplift you and establish you. And this is where, so going back to my book, this is where the reality separates from the fiction. You see, in the book, the book ends, the kid grows up and he fights the bad guy and he eventually thinks of something that, uh, that takes the bad guy down. The bad guy gets taken down all is well, except in the end it's, it's kind of not. Because what happens is, is that the victory that he won came at a great cost. He lost his best friend. He lost something that was extraordinarily valuable to him. And because of everything that has happened, he now has to go live in isolation by himself. But he's won, but the victory came at a great cost. And I love it when fictional books like this have theological trends, that this is wonderful. It just made great sermon material, because, you, because here's the wonderful part about you and I. 
and about our faith, and where, again, that the reality of today is separated from the fiction, you and I both know that, that the cost of our victory has already been paid for. That the Lord Christ himself made himself isolated from everybody else that he knew and went to Calvary's cross and was crucified there while everybody else was leaving him. While his best friends denied him. And so the cost has been paid for. You have been purchased at a price. And as we have said many, many times, not with gold or silver, not with anything else, but with the precious blood of Christ. Your cost and my cost has already been paid for. And as such, we live today as baptized children of God, no matter what Satan throws at us. To use a cliche term, I'm sorry, but our God is bigger. Our God is mightier. Our God is stronger. Our God is the Lord of all creation who has numbered the hairs on your head, who knows you inside and out, and who sent his very best, his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the cost of your victory for you. And instead, you and I, on this side of heaven and into eternity, live in freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from death. Freedom from the guilt of of sin. Freedom from hell. And instead, have been given the victory of eternal life with God's Son and God the Father and God the Holy Spirit in heaven with him where we stand today. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. At this time, we will use this time as a reminder that the, for those of you who are here in the sanctuary today, that the offering basket is right outside in the back. Uh, you can either, you, if you haven't yet dropped off your offering or your, or your tithe, you may do so on the way out. Also, as a reminder for all of you here and for those listening, wherever it is that you happen to be, there are now three ways uh, that you can, three other ways that you can give your offering or your, or your tithe. Uh, the first way is to uh, go to the website that is trinity1874.com, and in the upper right corner is a donate button, and you can click on that, and it's very easy to do. 
the other thing that you can do is to drop off your offering or your tithe in the North Breezeway right outside of the office. There is an offering basket in there as well. You can do that during the regular business hours, or you may mail uh, to the church office your offering or your tithe as well. Please stand as we go to our Lord in prayer. Holy Father, on this side of heaven, life can be hard. It can be really hard. And we thank you, Lord, that you give us lifelines, ways to fight the assaults of the enemy. Most especially, we thank you for the hope that lives within us of the risen Christ. The hope that leads us day by day. The hope that sustains us through all kinds of trouble and strife. And we thank you, Lord, that you have graciously given us all things. That you have loved us that you have loved us so much that you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die on Calvary's cross for us so that we were purchased and given life with the holy, precious blood of Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we pray for the preservation of marriage, that God would defend husbands and wives from every assault of the enemy. We pray to you that you would support them in their faithfulness and loving service to one another. Grant them joy in every time, Lord. Lord, in your mercy. During this Memorial Day weekend, we thank you for the service that so many gave on behalf of the freedoms that we enjoy today. We thank you for the service of so many that still give today. We pray for the nation that we live in, and we ask you, to preserve, defend, and keep us as you always have. Lord, in your mercy. We thank you for all public servants and those whom you have given to us to care for us, that they may be supported and upheld in every good deed. Lord, in your mercy. We pray a special prayer for all those who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We pray for all those, especially those on our health list, and for all those, Lord, that have been named before you in our hearts now. We humbly pray, Lord, that you would heal them in every way that they need. Lord, in your mercy. We thank you for all with anniversaries soon. As your word says, a threefold cord is not easily broken. Continue to wrap yourself in our marriages and our families. We pray, Lord, this morning for Willie and for Mary and for Eric and for Sandra, that you might keep them and their marriage so hidden within you as they celebrate today and each day that all of the forces of evil would come to nothing. Lord, in your mercy. Finally, Lord, we keep... Finally, Lord, we thank you for the gift of your body and blood present in the sacrament today. May these gifts be for our good as you have designed all of your gifts for us and to us to be. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he has now risen from the dead and lives and reigns through all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Together we pray the prayer that the Lord himself gave us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communing, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
First distribution hymn is Jesus Christ, We Humbly Pray. Hymn 623. Hymn 623. second hymn is What a Friend We Have in Jesus, hymn 770, hymn 770.
Next Distribution Hymn is Thy Body Given for Me, O Savior, Hymn 619, Hymn 619. Please stand. Now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. O Lord, now let Let us pray the collect together. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who was conveyed of the Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. We sing our closing hymn, God Bless America. And just a few announcements before we close with worship today. First of all, the office will be closed tomorrow uh, in honor of Memorial Day. Trinity Lutheran School 8th grade graduation is on May the 30th at 7 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Confirmation will be the following day on May the 31st here in the sanctuary. There are two job openings at our school for the 2020-2021 school year. For kindergarten teacher and middle school math and science teacher, call or email Amanda Menning by May the 26th to apply. Uh, and if you are unable to make it to church, uh, please tune in to the radio broadcast, the live stream podcast, or the new Facebook page um, each Sunday morning at 10. Uh, I am going on uh, vacation for a few days from uh, this afternoon until Wednesday, and I'll be back in the office on Thursday. That will also mean that the Daily Prayer podcast will be on break as well, but there are many there that have been archived that you are uh, welcomed to listen to um, as well. I believe that's all the announcements that we have. Uh, I pray that everybody would have a blessed week, and I'll ask Jerry to come forward to dismiss. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you cannot ever be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on FreistadRadio.com. Today's radio broadcast was sponsored by Curtis and Ralph Schallert, Schallert, sorry, in memory of their mother and dedicated to the glory of God. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Scott George.